also opening some new doors for a lot of us. But if you were with us the first week, we talked about experiencing the Holy Spirit, the person. And Pastor John talked about he's, a, he's not an it, he's a he. And then uh, the, I talked about the outpouring, talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we did a thing at the end, and some people wound up getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, got their prayer language, which was amazing. So we love that, and just did it simply. And then last week, I talked about sanctification, how Holy Spirit sets us apart to do something special. We don't have to work hard. He does all the transformation for us through, through, his, uh, through his work. And today, we're going to talk about experiencing the walk, experiencing the walk, how to walk by the Spirit. I want to get you, before we go into it, we're going to stay in the book of Galatians that we were in last week, book of Galatians chapter 5, when we talked about last week about how the Galatians received the gospel, and then all of a sudden they had the Judaizers came in and said, well, you're not really saved, you need to be circumcised, you need to start doing things of the law, and they got discouraged and said, let me go back to what we used to do, and Paul came in, and he was very upset about that, about how did you lose um, the thing that God has told you, to, who you are. Now, how'd you lose your salvation? How'd you start following these different laws and rules when you've been saved by God himself? And today we're going to talk about walking by the Spirit. And today we're going to talk about the battle that we're all in every single day. The first battle that we get up in the morning, we have a battle going on we don't even recognize. I'm going to expose some of that today. The battle that you have to win, your first battle that you have to win in the morning is against yourself. It's against yourself. As we go into the scripture, you'll start to see. When I get up in the morning, before I can beat anybody outside the room, I got to beat the person inside the room. As my mentor used to say, I, I, um, he used to say this, I found the enemy enemy. I found the enemy enemy because the devil gets too much credit when it's really us. So, if you got your Bibles, going to go to chapter, Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. Pull out your Bibles, it's on the screen. Pull out your smartphones. If you don't have your Bible, that means you don't care what God had to say today. Okay, I'm 61 years old, I'm going to act like a dad today. Is that okay? Can I act like daddy today? All right, so get your Bibles out. All righty? Get your phones out. I allow phones. I never allow phones. I thought that was a fake Bible. But then I have it on my tablet here, so I'm, I can read, so... Anyway, the reason I have on my tablet because I'm going blind. Just kidding. Verse 16, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. He says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. I'm talking about that war. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Now I'm going to stop there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning. I ask that you open our eyes spiritually, our ears spiritually, to hear exactly what you want to speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now he's talking about walking in the Spirit. That mean walk means to be in line, to be in step with the Spirit. As we talked about Play a class, so he's the one that comes close to us. He's also inside of us, walking in the Spirit. Then he gets down to a point that there's something when I wake up in the morning. There is two opposing forces. There's me, and then there's the Spirit. The very flesh he's talking about is the, my human nature, the way I was born in the beginning. And then when I got transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's a, that was done by the Spirit, there's a new nature. Two natures are fighting against one another. And then we have to make a choice. Which one are we going to feed today? 
What are you going to feed today? Are you going to feed the flesh or are you going to feed the spirit? And we all wake up with that. What's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Check Facebook. How about your Bible? How about prayer? How about before you comb, I comb my hair? Are you laughing? There's a battle. And the one that you feed is what you produce. And he's not talking about the devil. He's talking about us. How God called us to live differently. But he's given us everything he tells us to do. He gives us the power. And the, he, he, he gives us the power to accomplish it. But it's up to us to access what he gives us. And then we're going to go through a couple things today. And I want you to decide, am I, in the, am I really walking mostly in the flesh? Am I working in the spirit? And then we're going to unpack some of this. Ready to go? Yeah. All right, if you take a note, the first point you want to take right down is walking by the spirit guarantees absolute victory over the flesh. It says in verse 16, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires, which is lusted, of the flesh. Remember, I thought that's our natural birth, okay? Now, when the Spirit came in and we were born again, I thought that I had renewed this and gave us a new nature. So there's opposing you. Now, they're at war. Because the flesh does not like what the Spirit is doing. The Spirit doesn't want the flesh to do. And whoever you feed is what you'll do. How are we doing? So you got to realize they have different appetites. When you feed one, you starve the other. Listen to me. You can't serve two masters. When you feed one, you will feed the other. Let's pray. It's 1124 for our generations campaign. See, I can hear sometime. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you at this moment. Thank you, Lord God, that we're able to stop and remember your greatness and your grace and your love for a Grace Point Church. You have called us to live higher, to walk higher, uh, to see higher, and to do higher things, Father. You call us to reach people and build community. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are putting all the things in place. We thank you. We're adding this right staff. And, Father, you're putting together our construction team right now. And we thank you, Lord God. Whatever you do is always very good. And so we acknowledge your, your love and your, you guiding us to greater things. And we praise you and glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Remember, whatever we feed, we will starve the other. How many have a prayer life in the morning? If you get up to pray in the morning, you start to feed the spirit that's in you. Yeah. If you decide not to pray and I go outside and I won't read my Bible, you start to give the flesh a stronghold. You start to feed the flesh and the spirit will go down. Paul is explaining this. Now, when we go through these lists, I want you to recognize he's not talking about people not outside the church. He's talking about people in the church. Okay? You know, us perfect people who never sin. We don't sin, do we? We make mistakes. We're not drunks. We're, we have diseases. Right? Right? Is that, that's the church. All, all of us are so perfect. We look great. And Paul says, no, 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 no. Walking by the Spirit guarantees you'll starve, guarantees victory over the flesh. And it's something that we have to go about doing. We've got to access what the Spirit of God wants to do in our lives when you look at that. 
When you look at all the desires of flesh, when it has an upper hand, if I decide not to pray, not to walk with God. There's 15 things that come, can manifest out of my life. It's amazing. First one is sexual immorality. This is in verses 19 to 21, which means debauchery, impurity, sensuality, idolatry. You mean idolatry in the church? Yes, it can be. You know, if you come here to meet a mate, and then you make the mate higher than God, that's an idol. And then they pull you away from the church, and you're trying to save them, that's your idol, taking you away from Jesus. Well, if you play sports and your, and your, your game is higher than God, who gave you the ability to do it, that's your idol. Because when that crashes, you crash. Amen? One of my, you know, sorcery, sorcery, enmity means hostility with one another, strife, jealousy. Is jealousy in the church? Of course it is. I'm a New York Giants fan. You're a Dallas fan. Automatic jealousy. We won this weekend. So you hear it? You hear it? You hear it? You need to pray more. Hear that? And then you go into, if you're jealous of me, you have fits of anger. In the church, yes, our flesh will do anything. Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, those really, those are amazing because if you've never been to a church split, which I experienced, it is devastating to watch a body of Christ split in half. The problem, not the devastating part, is when people start acting in these ways. The other thing is when people are getting caught up in the middle of it, they wind up stop walking with God. That's the damaging thing. The people who are with God, they walk away from God because they saw people of God acting like the world. Okay? So, you know, uh, envy, drunkenness. We call it the disease today, but it's drunkenness. Orgies. Orgies in the church? Paul, what are you talking about? You know, when you get drunk, something happened. And then he said this, and things like these. I'm saying, how many things more? 15 plus. Now, here's the good news. You got to realize, this is not a fair fight. The spirit is so much stronger than the flesh. Like I love what Jesus told the disciples. <laughs> the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. There's a quote by Erwin Lewis Lutzer says this. The spirit's control will replace sin's control. His power is greater than the power of all our sin. How many know that's good news? But we had to access the spirit in our, in for that to take place. He is greater than that. It's not a, fair, it's not a draw. Right. He will get, the Spirit will get what he wants out of us. Yes. Now, I just told you the evident, that means evident of the flesh means people see that. When it's evident, this is what they see in you when you walk out the door and you have not been in your word or you have not been with God. You haven't been with people of God, which is very important. You haven't been, they, this is what they see. It's evident. That means it's obvious to all. Because if you come to my office and say, well, God, Pastor Rich, I'm really having issues and I'm so angry. Now, I'll ask you that question. When's the last time you uh, read your Bible? Well, you know, there you go. When's the last time you prayed? Well, there you go. So when you get that done, then we'll talk logically. See you in a week. Because you won't understand what I'm saying in spirit if you're walking in the flesh, right? You can't communicate. You know, before you got saved, you didn't know what the Bible meant. Then you got born again. Oh, that's what that meant. He's talking about me. Right? You didn't know that. 
So when you have that, that's what he's talking about. He's acting, this is the church. Now, there's some things in the spirit that we have that's access to us. It's called the fruit of the spirit. See, walking in the spirit doesn't enable us to do whatever we want. It enables us to do God's will. And how many know we ever pray that prayer? God, um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many really pray that prayer? Right? Now, how many know your will is completely opposite of what God's will is? Do you know that's a dangerous prayer? <laughs> you don't even know what you're praying. That sounds great. Yeah, you don't know what you're saying, right? His will, your will. His will will get control, right? Think about it. It's just not a good exercise. You just promise you do his will. I want his will to be on my life. Now, here's the thing. You can do it voluntarily. But God has a habit of getting his will done. He does. Every time I'm pinned behind, I'm like, golly, God, you could have just, well, you ain't going to sit there and, and volunteer that. So I have to bring it out of you. So, yeah. But look at some of the fruit of the Spirit. In verse 22 and 23, if you have your Bibles up. Now, this, the first three are toward God. Love, joy, and peace. How many love? How many joy? Regardless of what your circumstance, joy, right? Peace. All right. Now, here's what we have toward others. Patience. Someone said, ooh. (laughs) Kindness. Goodness. Now, I want to tell you something. The fruit of the Spirit is is something to be eaten. But it's not for you to eat. It's for other people to eat. When they come upon you, what are they eating? What are they getting from you? What are you giving them? Are you giving them a, a great apple, fruit of the Spirit? Or are you giving them you? Which is a big problem today. People are trying to figure out, okay, who are real Christians at? How come they're just as angry and impatient as the world? Well, they forgot the fruit of the Spirit. Now, there's, there's three more. Towards self. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I can't control my... Well, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Faithfulness. Well, you can't be faithful. Oh, that's, that's the fruit of the Spirit. If you're not faithful, that's, that prob- that's your problem. My coach, he was a believer. So we were told, well, I can't... Well, that's the fruit of the Spirit. I don't know what your problem is. Really? Yeah. So you need to lean into God to get it. Oh, self-control. Very important today. Very important today. That is to self. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a flesh thing. See the opposite, the fruit versus the flesh? And it's the fruit of the Spirit. That means we gather that, right? We walk in the fruit of the Spirit, we'll have a fruitful life. We look in the flesh, it's going to have anything. Make sense? So he's talking about those areas, the fruit of the Spirit. How do you access that? That's the good news, that we can have the opportunity to do that any time, any day. Now, here's the good news, the second part if you're taking notes. The Holy Spirit leads you from life of bondage to a life of freedom. Verse 18 says, you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. 
You mean I'm not? No. If I'm led by the Spirit, I am not in bondage to sin. I'm not in bondage to shame. I'm not in bondage to guilt. I'm walking in the Spirit. God saved me from all that. And I'm free from the law. I'm free from sin, but I'm free for God. Think about it. I'm free for God. And that's exciting. And that's what he's talking about here. Galatians 5.1 says, for the, It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of growth. Slave, what he's telling me, guys, don't go backwards. Go forward. What you going backwards for? Oh, we got a bad word. Someone said, go forward. Don't go backwards. You got to realize everything Jesus did on the earth was life-threatening to him. We kind of take Jesus and make him this all little, you know, and he, he pet the lambs. He was a warrior. Every time he spoke his mouth, they, they, people wanted to kill him. They couldn't touch him because God said it's not time yet. And how much more do we, can we walk as his children in that victory? Why do we walk around defeated? Why do we walk around desperate? Like desperate for this and that. I mean, and we celebrate failure. I can't. I can't. Why can't you? When you say I can't, what you're doing is you're putting a cap over your life and you're putting a cap over what Jesus can do through your life. I can't. Yes, you can. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can survive. You can overcome. You're an overcomer. You don't walk around condemned, right? Why do you walk around condemned? If you're a young lady and you're single, you better tell the men. First, you better know who Jesus is. Second, you better have a job. But I'm a queen. Don't be taken out of here with your stuff. I'm not desperate. I got Jesus. And he's not at the door. Let me in. No, he's not. Either you take the choice or you don't take the choice. Aren't we the body of Christ or not? Walking around, you know, we got to sing. No, don't sing songs. Let's do something. Right? That's That's the key, guys. Do not sell for second best or third best. Settle for the very best. Jesus gives you the very best, not the seconds and leftovers. When we bring stuff to this church, don't bring your leftovers. Bring something new. Go to Dillard's. What? I don't know what I'm talking about. It is. We're the church. Now, it's not nothing being, it's not being prideful. It's being truthful. When a brother gets run down, we, we build him back up. That's right. Amen. So we got, you got what happens. When you, do, when you don't walk with God, you start walking with, uh, um, with the, with the uh, definitions of the world. That, you know, I don't have nothing. And, and I'm like, what, what really? You, you got salvation. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that doesn't count. Yeah, it counts for everything. You didn't deserve to be here. Really, you didn't. You, you weren't all that good, okay? But you have God Almighty who can give you anything you need. Need, not want. So we should, we should, we're not in the unemployment line. We're helping them get jobs because you're praying for them. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Walking with God is not a legal concept. 
It's a relational concept. Romans 8, 14 says this. It says, For all are led by the Spirit of God, are sons of God. That word led means walking. You're, you're a child of the king. You're a child, you're a son and a daughter of the king of kings and lord of lords. And now I can tell you, because everybody who comes to me, if you're in school, and uh, she'll tell you, she says, I, Pastor Rich, I, I, four years ago, didn't you say that, ma'am? Mia, didn't you say four years ago, oh, it's gonna, school's going to be hard. Two years ago, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Didn't I tell you you're going to get the degree? Yeah. Didn't God take you to put you in a degree? Yeah. Then aren't you a God, God's child? Yeah. Don't I tell you that all the time, right? It's not a broken record. I'm just telling you the truth, and she's got the degree. Now she's going to stay here forever and do great things. Prophetically, we have the covenant Abraham. I'm going to talk about that later on this year. When you say, I can't, if you're struggling, if you get up in the morning or you get up the night before, oh, tomorrow's going to be a tough day. Who told you that? Adam and Eve fell. They ran off. And, and God came down with a rhetorical question. Where are you? And then he started blaming her. He started blaming him. And he started talking. He said, who told you that? I don't speak that way. Now, you might have sinned, but there's a thing, a gift called repentance. Just repent and get back in the game. 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 Aim higher. We don't push any, you know, I'm just, No. It's endless. With man, it's impossible. With God, all things are what? Possible. If I'm his child, all things are what? Possible. So when we start talking about hitting those, those le- living at a level higher than us, don't stop. Right. I'm trying to get something that's really in you out. You're not stuck in anything. It's unlimited. It is. Everything you put your hands to is unlimited. We don't, we don't, Jesus never walked into a place and didn't change, change, um, change the atmosphere. I don't care how dark it is on a campus. I don't care how dark it is on earth. When Jesus was pulled, when he told the guys, he took them all the way out of the, uh, any influence, took them to a pagan society with a big pagan temple with over 500 idols represented. He said, upon my church, I will build. Upon this rock, I will build my church. He called Peter the rock, but when he pointed, he pointed at this place that had over 600 supposedly gods, this cave. And the gates of hell, that place, that pagan place is not going to destroy the kingdom of God. In fact, the kingdom of God is going to destroy that. So when you hear that, I'm like, we're putting the place where we're supposed to be. You say, I'm in the God-forsaken place. Good. That's where you're supposed to be right now. That's where he builds his church. Not just on Sunday. He builds his church on ACU, Harden-Simmons, McMurray, Dias Air Force Base. Why? Because I'm, jo- I'm on the job. Where? It's a pagan society. Great. He can't, they can't move. Gates don't move. You ever see a gate move? I've never seen a gate walking down the street. <laughs> no, I press the gate. I pull the gate. Why? He said, that's where I'm going to plant you. I'm going to put you in some mamby-pamby place. I'm going to put you where it's the darkest place with the craziest people so you can show love, joy, and peace. Stop praying to get out of your job. 
Because if you don't, here's the problem. God will honor that and put you right back in the same situation until you pass that test. What we need as the children of God, listen to me, which is missing today. Not everybody. It's the word initiative. We have the spirit of God that we can apprehend every day. Well, we make excuses. Well, and Jesus, like he showed up to the man at the pool. Been sitting how many years, man? You know, because someone put me in the pool. Jesus said, get up. <laughs> you need to be in a place. Get up. Yeah. Get up. Remember, remember Joshua, Joshua? Oh, Lord, what you, what you laying down there for? You guys did that. Get up. You sinned. Get up. I told you, if you sin, you're not going to get anywhere. Oh, now go kill the guy. We don't do that here. Go kill the guy. You got to go find the guy who sinned and get him out the camp. You got to get up, guys. Got to get up. Now, here's the thing. When you're getting up, you got to find new friends who are getting up with you. Some of you got some friends that are holding you down. And they want to boo-hoo about everything else, but that's not real. You need someone who's going to be on the same level and pulling you up to greater heights. Because my dad used to say this. I talked to my sister the other day. I remember he said, you want to know what a man is, who a man is? Look at his friends. And you can say anything you want to. I look at your friends. That's who you run with. That's who you are. So if we're going to do something together generationally, we've got to be with some world changes, not fire extinguishers. That's what he's talking about there. Now, if your friends are in the church acting that way, either they're either going to get saved, but they, you can't hang too much with them because they'll just drag you down. Yeah. In a negative dive, you can't come out. That's why every, you see every life group that, and every um, bash and every group that's coming up, you need to be there with like-minded people to pull you up even when you don't. You think I feel like getting up every day, every, every Sunday at 4.30 in the morning, 5 in the morning? This body, when I get up, I'm the only one that gets hurt before I get out of bed. <laughs> when you get that age, it's, oh, that hurts. What was that? Oh, now it's football back 25 years ago that I ignored, right? <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a feeling. It's a reason. What's the reason? Jesus. Because he got up. Yes. He was down. He got up. Yes. Boy, did he get up. Yes. If he got up, please, we can get up and pray. Well, I'm not a morning person. You better become one. Why aren't you? Who said you're not a morning person? Who said that? Well, I'll tell you what. You're not a morning person now, but let them open up a new restaurant, and you're in there in a tent waiting, waiting to pick up your idol. Come on, am I hitting something here? We get up for what we want. Not for who we should be getting up for. And here's a question that everyone's asking because I gave you a whole bunch of things. It says, it says, here's a question. How do I experience the walk? How do I experience walking with God, the fullness of God? 
Here's what comes in. This is when the rubber hits the road. You got to renew your mind daily. Renew your mind daily. If you're like me, you'll get up before the day starts tomorrow. You already talk about how bad it's going to be before you get there. Or you get up in the morning, all these things are hitting you. And I have not even prayed yet, but I'm believing what the world says or what I think it should happen. Romans 12.2 says this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern, discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. Listen to me. What is good, acceptable, and perfect. With a renewed mind, you have a renewed vision. And the only way we actually transform our minds is in that word, God's word. And it goes from our mind to our heart. I got to understand what God says, not what my own feelings say. Not what my own flesh says. Because my flesh is, can be deep but shallow at the same time. And I have to get in the Word, and I got to let the Holy Spirit shape my thoughts and my behavior. Listen to me. My thoughts and my behavior. What are you talking about, Pastor Rich? See, you have to make a decision today. Are you into modification of your behavior or transformation of your life? Everyone wants a modified version of themselves. Think about it. If I turn this way, I'll be okay. But I'm not really okay because I can turn right back because I just modified that behavior just to get you. We see it all the time when people get married, they shouldn't get married. He modified his behavior until he got hurt. Then the real behavior came out. And you didn't see it because you're walking into the feelings. The, the, the theology of feelings. And you saw in the spirit, he is not ready yet. This job is not ready yet. How do I see that? I can see it in the spirit, not my feelings because my feelings are deceiving. And they're shallow. And they get me in trouble all the time. But if I get up and I transform the Holy Spirit, I open up the Bible. That's why I tell everybody, it's important that you have a Bible. If you come here without a Bible, you got a great memory. But if you don't open the Bible, you open up the very chambers of God, His Word and His will, which is good, acceptable, and when it's perfect, it can't be broken. And faith begins when the will of God is known. That's why I said, if you don't know who Jesus is, you're not really walking in faith. You're walking, experimenting. Because you don't know, you don't have no true north. How are we doing? Got to do, and let me tell you, I got to get up too. I got to get up too. And I got to get up. Here's my thing. I got to get up in the morning, every morning. And I got to go to God. And I got I to have, a, there's a caveat to me. I can't go there trying to achieve anything. I got to go there to receive everything. I got to sit still. I got to realize this is, you got this guy. And I'm going to meet someone today that you want me to meet. But if I don't make that appointment in the morning, I'm going I'm to miss everybody, opportunities that come around. Because opportunities are great. But the problem is we don't recognize them because they dress in overalls and they look like work. And we don't like work. I don't like work. Unless I'm in, under the Holy Spirit, then the works of joy. 
But here's the thing. We can do nothing apart from him. Nothing permanent. I love this. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this. With all, and we with all unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image, one degree of glory to another. This comes from the Lord who is the what? When I look at his word, his word starts to look at me. And my face is unveiled because I don't have to worry about it. I know when I'm unveiled when I don't know Jesus, but my face is unveiled. When I start looking at that, I'm looking at the very glory of God, which is only in his word. You're not going to find the glory of God on a podcast. You're not going to find the glory of God anywhere else. You're not even going to get it from me. You're only going to get it for yourself. If not, you're going to find the glory of you. And you, church has been what we call carnal. We allow everything. We shouldn't. We're afraid to call it out. How long are you going to be mad at your brother? You know, you know, how long are you going to be a baby? No, we can't say it anymore because that might offend everybody, right? I forgot. All the young people need to go and be, get on a sports team so your coach can offend you every day. Right? Y- y'all love your coach, right? Y'all just saying that because she's sitting there. But really, like, ah, she's making me, she's making, right? Yeah, she's putting you in a place that you didn't think you can hit. And then when the next team show up, you need to get you like her. Nowadays, people don't go to coach. They play video games, and the games don't talk back to them. So they think they're okay. And what we want is modification, not transformation. Let me, uh, in this. In the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 7. After God had created all, everybody, everything, the fields, the rain came, the mist was off the ground, animals were already there, said, made it rain, and then he formed man out of the dust. Same way he did with animals. How many track with me? You know how much we love animals, right? They think we have a soul. They don't. They're, they're animals. You know, you can't be pet, have a pet tiger. You just can't do that. Because sooner or later, his nature's going to really come up on you, and you're going to like, I didn't know he really liked that. That's his nature. He eats people. <laughs> you can tell I watch a lot of Discovery Channel. <laughs> so he formed the dust. And, and a God that we have, it's the only one you read this. So he got down. And he had the nose, the nostrils, and he took down and he blew breath into the nostrils, called the breath of life. He blew a soul and he blew a spirit into man. He was given the man capability to be able to communicate with him. From the very beginning, when man ran off, he still was. That's why he goes and hides, because the image of God still in him. He had the soul and he had the spirit. He's like, oh, I know I'm messing. I don't know why I'm doing this. I hate this because he knows he has something that God deposited him from the very beginning. And then when he came and renewed our spirit through the baptism by the Holy Spirit, when we got saved again, he's able to communicate because he put his, what he put in there the first time, we never lost communication with him. Even though we fell short, even though we sinned, we never lost communication because he breathed it into us. So the second breath is when I get born again, the air is there. 
He comes in. I need that every single day. I need to breathe God. I got to know God. I got to do all I need for God. And I cannot leave that what he has for me. Now, there's us. If you know anything about flying, I fly a lot. At, eight, at a certain altitude, 18,000 feet, you don't need an oxygen mask. Above 18,000 feet, you need a mask. Why? To help you breathe if you're not in a pressurized aircraft. We're God's call for the kingdom of God. We're not called to be at 18,000 feet. We're called to be at 50,000 feet and breathe in all his air. Faith takes it way above what we think. Now, a lot of us like to stay comfortable, and I want to stay that way. We'll find you some friends and do that. But Grace Point Church wants to go at 50,000 feet, and I need air coming in. The very air, the life that he has given us, he's really given us through his son Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. We don't breathe that air. We don't take what he has to say. I'm going to walk around the field like everyone else. Oh, I don't have a job. Oh, I don't have, oh, 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 oh. Will you take your O and find a but? But God. But God. But God. But God. But God. You hear what I'm saying? Call to be different. Because we're his children. Not rag about muffins. We're his children. And what we can't do, he does very well. Give everything to him. I mean to be totally dependent on God. Every morning I get up, first thing you need, because you get dehydrated because you lose half your body water when you sleep. I need water from, the, from my thermos, and I need living water from the word. And I need water from Jesus. I need Jesus to do what God called us to do. I don't care what kind of job you have and where you are at on campus. You need Jesus to fully flourish in what he calls you to do. And that's the second thing. And then you need people who are like-minded like you to cheer you on and say you're surrounded by a great sovereignness. Go for it. You can do this. You will graduate. Your 2022 is going to be amazing. I just got to find out what you got, how you guys think. But it's going to be amazing. And we cheer them on. That's the most important appointment for me in the morning is with God. Has to be with God. Because if you don't, you see 19 to 21, I can walk that way. Non-patient, mad, divisive, all those things. Why? That's my natural nature. But I'm here to feed the real nature, my new nature. But you can't do it apart from God and people. That's why he created. We need each other. I know I'm the weird uncle. That's fine. You need me. I need you. You got to hear my jokes once in a while. I can try them out on you guys. Really. Here's what I say every morning since we've been doing this series. Spirit, come, breathe on us. Spirit, I mean, you breath, breath of light. Father, Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Breathe on me. Breathe. Blow. Blow all the cares. Blow all the pain, blow all the stress, blow wisdom into my life for the day. You ever hear that term daily bread? You need that daily bread. I need that daily bread every day so I can do what he called me to do this day. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. He said, just today, breathe on me. I need your word. 
I need your presence. I need you like I never needed anyone before. But you got to know, you got to understand, you're nothing. I'm nothing without him. It's not that, that's not a slant. That's just the truth. Everything I have good in my, where I'm standing right today is only by the grace of God, not by my good intelligence. We were joking with someone the other day. The guy has to get A's all the time. That's the kind of scholarship. He got to get A's. I'm glad it wasn't me because I was a see you later guy. See you, see you, see you. That's all I see. That's good. I got it, right? Yeah, I got a 65. Yes, good. That's good. That's good, right? Still that way. Don't change. But breathe on me. Let's all stand. What did you come in with? What's, what's, what's stressing you out? What's holding you down? What's telling you that you can't do it? Sex, the Holy Spirit to breathe on you. Just that make, make room. This is I'm, what I've been doing. Every time we end the service, I'm teaching you to do something in your dorm rooms, teaching you how to do something in your house prior to even going out. You can just stop. Say, Lord, breathe on me. Father, I need you. Just put your hands up. Father, I need whatever that is. Father, I need to be delivered from this thing. Whatever habits I need to reform new. Father, I need you. You didn't call me to be stressed. You didn't call me to worry. You didn't call me to start thinking things were impossible when you're the impossible God that does all things well. Father, we need you. Breathe on us. Breathe life. Some of us, as the song said, breathe afresh on us. We fan the flames of the dreams and the visions that have been seen to be extinguished through controversy or all those things that have never been extinguished. I just stopped seeing them. Father, help me to see what you see. Help me to hear what you hear. And most of all, help me to say what you say. I want to be conformed to your very image. I know you take me from glory to glory to glory. That's a new step. That's a new altitude I've never flown in before. But Father, as I go up, you supply the air I need to go. I mean, we're completely off the ground, completely trusting you in all our things. I pray for everyone here, God, they'll receive that which you have for them. I pray for some of the students that are back now, for their, their studies, God, that's ahead of them. Let them not be anxious in anything, but pray about everything. Father, for our adults and our teachers and adults trying to put our kids in the right schools, in the right place, and all the cares of life and all the things and the finances, God, breathe, Holy Spirit, breathe on them. When you breathe on us, we look at you and we take our eyes off that which we're stressing. The situation might not change, but I'm changed. And Father, I want to be transformed. I don't want to be modified. I want to be transformed. Thank you for these amazing people. Help us in this season coming up to make room, to make room in our lives for you, to make room in all that we do. You don't beat us up. You don't condemn us. You lift us to higher places. Let our decisions be what you say. Let our actions be what you show. And let us be words what you say. Thank you for these amazing people. Help us to see what you see starting tonight and tomorrow. And I thank you, Lord. It's not about works. It's all about relationship. The more I dip into your word, the more I see your glory, the more I'm being transformed by what you, by your glory. From glory to glory to glory. 
let me not be fearful of the places you take me. We praise you and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap, guys.